In today's show, Camille Davis of Locked On Bucks joins the program and we talk all things Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard ahead of his return to Portland. It's a crossover edition of Locked On Blazers and Locked On Bucks. Welcome to the program. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, world? You are listening to Locked On Blazers and Locked On Bucks, a crossover edition of the episode. I am Mike Richmond, host of Locked Off Bla- Locked On Blazers, joined by Camille Davis, host of Locked On Bucks. Camille, how you doing? I'm doing great this morning. You know, we got the Doc Rivers error off, although it started off on a loss. It's officially here. There's no more who is our next head coach going to be in question mark. So I'm just happy that we got that settled and we can continue to move forward. What a week in Buckland. Uh, Doc Doc Rivers comes back. You play the champs in Denver on Monday night, and then Damian Lord's return to Portland on Wednesday. Um, kind of a wild week to take over the job for for your boy Glenn. Um, but, <laughs> Absolutely, but, and he truly is my boy. I have to say, I'm a Marquette grad as well, so I have a little okay. extra love for Doc Rivers out here than some other people might. Oh. I would say that in in terms of most NBA, the most NBA world, I feel like people hate on 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 Doc Rivers for the most part. So I'm glad to see he's got some support there uh, in, in in the Midwest. Uh, let's what what I want to do today for listeners, uh, for both both listeners of our shows, you you are locked on Bucks and locked on Blazers today, a crossover edition. So thanks for listening wherever you are. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Uh, I, I want to talk about Dame's return. I want to talk about, you know, the Blazers post Dame. We'll talk about the Bucks and half a year of Damian Lillard and then kind of the new era of the Bucks moving forward. Uh, Camille, I, I know Dame has talked about this. What do you think it'll mean to him? And then I'll share my thoughts uh, uh, to return to Portland on Wednesday evening. I think it's going to be big. Like we had the Trailblazers come into Milwaukee and it was, of course, a story about, hey, it's the first time that Damian Lillard is playing against the Portland Trailblazers. What is this going to be like? And Dame himself said, like, you know, it didn't really hit me that bad because we were in Milwaukee for the game. I'm sure that when I get back to Portland, it's going to be a different feeling, a different scenario because it'll be back in that arena. First time in the visitor's locker room, it'll be back in the same city, able to hit the same spots he used to hit, see some of the same familiar faces that he's used to seeing in the arena, the work staff, the fans who have season tickets. And he mentioned that when he was coming to Milwaukee, like his first game here in Milwaukee against the 76ers, where he was like, it was kind of weird because I came out on the court And I didn't know anybody and I'm not used to being in that position where I don't know the people who are working. I don't know some of the fans who I see often. It just felt a little bit weird. So I think going back to Portland is going to open up a lot of different emotions for Dame. I'm sure there's going to be an amazing tribute video. I would expect that Blazers fans are going to be welcoming him back with raucous applause and just appreciation because it seems like although he did make that trade request that Blazers fans have so much love for Dame at this point. It's not like when LeBron left Cleveland the first time. And when he came back, people were booing and burning jerseys. It doesn't feel like we're going to get that type of energy in Portland on Wednesday. No, I, 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 I would say universally, I haven't talked to anyone who's like turned on Dame at any point. It'll be, it'll be a, a big emotional thing. Like um, I know that he has spoiler y'all, he has filmed a video thanking the, the, the community or whatever. So uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll see that at, to some extent and they'll probably do a big production. You know, CJ McCollum returned last year and it was this big, 
loud thing and they they introduced him last in warm up so he could have that moment with the lights on and he could wave to everyone and they could cheer for him. And it was kind of odd, right? It was odd to have CJ back. Damian Lord is like 200 times more important to the franchise than, than CJ McCollum, with all due respect. It's going to be strange. Um, you know, it's going to be loud and it's going to be, um, you know, and he's going to get all the love. And, and I, I, I love that you mentioned all the people who work in the arena. That's what makes Dame special, right? Is that he knows the ushers and he knows the security and he's, and he makes, he, you know, forms relationships with people like that just in, in at, you know, in 11 years here. It was like, yeah, I see them every day and we come out and I say hello and all of these things. That'll be meaningful to him. Um, I I think it'll be like, it's obviously going to be emotional. I, the word I keep coming back to is strange. I think it's going to be so strange to have for both for fans to watch Dame wear what I was going to say, what wear green, but they might wear white. Who knows what color jerseys no. anyone will wear in the NBA now? <laughs> so, so they might, some color Bucks jersey, like. It'll be it'll be odd to see him just in that. It'll be odd to see him, you know, if he has like twenty eight and nine or whatever. It'll be odd to see him just like beat down a Blazers team and like that. I think, you know, he's gonna he. This is this is unique, right? Um, this is probably for most folks that are you know under forty. This is the best the best blazer that they really saw uh because they were they were kids like in when during the Clyde Drexler era Dame is at worst in my opinion the second best blazer of all time this is a true legend coming back on good terms um do you think do you think in that first Milwaukee game he was pressing a little bit? I felt like my perception of it was that he was like, I got to beat the Blazers, and he didn't play very well early against Portland. Do you think was that your perception of that game too? Oh boy, that game was a roller coaster because the yeah. Bucks were down like by like 26 at some point in that game and had a crazy comeback to win it. And that was during a time frame with Adrian Griffin as our head coach where Bucks fans were trying to figure out like, okay, is this coaching? Is this scheme? Is this players? Like at that time, it was a lot of questions about what was making up the mix of what we were seeing as Milwaukee Bucks basketball. And in that game, it did feel like Dame was missing a lot more shots than what we were used to. But then also right. I should mention this because I've heard from some Blazers fans and I would love to hear your opinion on this as well, because Bucks fans have been surprised at the slow start to the season that Dame got off to. He also had a slower start into the month of January, but that's picked up a little bit as we've continued to go on. And I know that historically from what I've heard from Blazers fans is that he's a slow starter to the season. He doesn't tend to do much working out over the summer, five on five work at least. And then his first time is normally in training camp. And then this particular summer with the trade request, he didn't even have a lot of that time to get into the gym to work um, on that five V five game. So things were coming a little bit slower. You mix that in with some of the off court things that Dame has been dealing with, not only moving from Portland to Milwaukee, but some family things going on as well. So there's been a lot on Dame's shoulder. And I can imagine that the first time he did go up against a trailblazers Jersey that he was, like, I, I want to do so. I want to make this right. memorable, but um, it took a while for us to get there. I believe he was like seven of 21 from the field in that game in particular. Um, but the Bucks got a win in a very thrilling fashion that was unexpected uh, against the Portland Trailblazers team that many at that time were like, should they be beating the Bucks by this much? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, and the Bucks are from there for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like these Blazers are supposed to be like rebuilding in this weird area. So it was strange in that sense. But uh, I don't know what to expect when he heads to Portland tomorrow. I'm hoping that it's a game that can help 
continue to uh, spark that uh, good ball from Dane because it has been some uneven performances so far throughout the season. And again, I understand a lot of what's going on with him in that. And I have heard, like I mentioned, that he's a slow starter. Yeah, I, he, typically the Blazers in the are like sort of that post Lamarcus Dame, it's Dame's team uh, type of era with with the Blazers. Um, his like you know f- third through eighth seasons, like they would just kind of limp out of the gates a little bit, and then right now, like that mid January to the All Star break and beyond, Dame would turn it on and be like, oh yeah, he's he's gonna make an All NBA team. Like uh, you know he missed the All Star game one year and then made an All. It was third team All NBA. It was like oh yeah, he's really good, um, and he would typically turn it on. It is. I, I think we should talk more about what Dame has has been like uh, with with the Bucks in the second segment. But I, I want to say this: um, it wouldn't surprise me if Dame hits like a thirty five footer on Wednesday night to begin the game. If he's just like, "Ha ha, I'm back," and he hits a third. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he goes like six of eighteen and just like has like a game where he's pressing or a game where it does you know or a game where he's deferring to to uh, to Giannis and and deferring to Chris like and it's like. Hey, you guys go because we're good. We should win the game. That's what matters. Um, it, but it wouldn't. It, it like if he were to have forty four, it wouldn't surprise me. And if he were to have seventeen, it wouldn't surprise me. Like I think both both ends of the poles are are definitely there for him. You mentioned sort of the up and down play and and then the and the slow start for Dame. Let, let's talk about what he's been like in his first half season in Milwaukee. I have some thoughts, and I would love love to hear yours as well. That's what we'll do in the second segment. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors, and the good folks over there have teamed up with our own Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, Josh Lloyd, that's my man Joshy, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long, whether you're preparing for a daily fantasy team or you are got a season-long group going and you're scouring the waiver wire every week right here. I'm going to provide you with the players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Uh, Blazers saw this guy on Sunday evening, Ayo Desumu, with Zach Levine out and Patrick Williams out. Desumu has seen his minutes and usage bump up, and he's also been a little bit more aggressive offensively while maintaining his efficiency. And Josh thinks for at least the short term, Desumu has value. You know, I was pretty good against the Blazers on Sunday night, and then in, in crunch time was on the court when the game mattered and hit a huge three to kind of seal that win for the Bulls over the Blazers. And if he's going to continue to get that opportunity and continue to get those minutes and continue to look for his own shot, he could be a guy you want in fantasy. Listen, I trust Josh. I was never competitive in fantasy basketball still until I started listening to his advice. So listen to him. Just like go win your fantasy league. He's going to help you win your championship. eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Whether you need brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, these prices you're burning rubber baby not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply all right you're still locked on blazers and locked on bucks mike richmond here chatting with camille davis talking blazers and bucks and damian lillard dame has been as you said up and down i i want to say this he is an all-star this year, an all-star starter, thanks to the good people of 
I mean, probably Athens, right? Um, <laughs> probably Giannis Antetokounmpo's global reach helped him uh, get the fan vote needed. But like Dame has been, I think he was still going to make the all-star team regardless. Like if he doesn't get voted in, I think he's been all-star level. I think he's clearly been one of the best guards in the East. Like, but But he hasn't been Dame. Like that capital D, Damian Lillard, is this dude going to finish, you know, top five in the MVP type of voting? Obviously, he was going to take a step back next to Giannis. But what is your perception after a little over half a season with Dame in the green and cream of the of Bucks colors? Yeah, it has been that because, you know, heading into the season, you're seeing Damian Lillard, you're seeing Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the first reaction that I had when I saw this trade was made was, oh, my goodness, the league is going to have trouble stopping this pick and roll between these two guys. And the early returns were, I mean, the numbers show that when they ran it, it was very effective. It's just that they right. didn't run it at a very high frequency, at least not as high as many fans or outside eyes thought the Bucks should have been, especially given how successful uh, it is. And that's something with Doc Rivers coming in, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more, where he has said, I want to emphasize the two-man game between Dame and Giannis even more going forward than what has been used previously here in Milwaukee. And I think about that aspect of it, of like, I didn't see as much of that as I thought, but Early returns on Dame because he's someone who I've always enjoyed watching, but this is my first time being able to watch him night in and night out. First thing that shocked me, I did not know that man got to the free throw line that often. Yep. Like he is gifted at being able to use his body to draw contact uh, and get to the line. He is also really good with how to de decelerate and accelerate with his speed. Like he's not someone who you look at and you think like De'Aaron Fox, like really quick or fast, but he is so masterful at the ability of being able to change up his speed at the drop of a dime that can throw defenses off crazy. He's great finishing at the rim, uh, the mid range game. I would love to see him take some more mid range shots. And then we of course know uh, the gravity that he creates by being a three point threat, the way that he is being able to shoot from the logo logo Lillard, like it's a thing. Um, and whenever we get some of those buckets, it's always exciting. And, I was coming into the season, like I wonder what the usage rate's going to be because Giannis right. is a very high usage rate player, especially to be a, a big, right? You don't normally see bigs with that type of usage rate. And I know Dames was high. Both guys have seen them come down, but I know there is a, sub, a, a subset of Bucks fans who want to see Dames' numbers increase. Um, we have heard Doc Rivers say, like, we want the ball in Dames' hands a little bit more. We want to push it up to him a little bit more. And honestly, Dame has been, he's still trying to get comfortable in this offense. Offense. And that's the crazy part of it because the Bucks have had the second best offense in the league throughout the season. <laughs> yeah, and good. it still feels like there's a level to unlock. Like it's still clunky at times. The ball doesn't move as well as you want to see. Um, and there are still levels to unlock. And I think a lot of that comes with Dame and Giannis. And not even just that pick and roll combination pairing, but also running Dame with Chris, running Dame with Brooke. And we saw that a bit last night against Denver with Dame and Brooke two-man actions that were leading to a lot of good looks for Brooke Lopez as well. Um, so there's still a lot more, I think, to uncover when it comes to unlocking Dame in Milwaukee. But early returns have shown, to me at the very least, this is why you make this trade. Because right. I'm not sure if other fans know this, but I mean, when you look at the Bucks and the championship run and the Bucks in the playoffs the last five years under but the offense always came to a grinding halt. Like that was the part of the game for the Bucks where it's like, okay, we know we can get the stops, but can we get enough buckets to win this game? You throw in somebody like Dame who in the half court, you know he's a threat to always score the ball. And we've seen games this season where you're like, this is why you make this trade. Yeah, I think like 
the usage stuff I want to talk about, like how they utilize them. I don't really think like the just like raw, like how much, you know, time of possession and usage rate. I, that's the life, dude. Like you're going to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo on his team. Like you're just going to have the ball a little bit less, um, which in theory is something that Damus kind of wanted. He has mentioned in the past, like, oh, I, I'd like to be able to play off the ball. And the Blazers kind of chased it for a lot of his career. First with Mo Williams way back in the day. First with like Ronnie Price and Eric Maynard for my real heads. But like, um, but, but eventually, you know, with, uh, with Evan Turner and with Mario Hazonia and with like, oh, we're going to get this a big forward who can handle the ball and let Dame off the ball. And he was like, you know, after obviously Evan Turner and Mario Hazonia are like a probably a, maybe a slight step down from Giannis Antetokounmpo, just a little bit. Um, particularly Hazonia, they're pretty close. Um, <laughs> but like the Dame has wanted that. It's been this like platonic ideal of I'm going to be off the ball. But what he is is a pick and roll point guard. What he is is a pick and roll point guard. That's what he it's what he's most comfortable in is what he's best at. So it's like I, I think some of his struggles in Milwaukee and he's shooting worse than he has um, like he's way the three point shooting is the really big thing that's down for him. But like he's still getting pretty similar opportunities. Here's some numbers for you. This year he's running 10 pick and rolls per game 10.0 um and he's and he's eighth in points per possession uh last year he was for the blazers he was running 11.1 which was the fourth most pick and rolls in the game we're talking one fewer pick and roll one fewer pick and roll a night like it's really not that much it's sometimes Giannis Antetokounmpo initiates and then Dame has to run a later pick and roll on the clock and it seems like on those possessions from my eye that maybe Dame is not as effective um but this is kind of what you signed up for. Um, I mean, maybe not. He signed up to play for the Miami Heat. And <laughs> so <laughs> so it isn't specifically what he signed up for. Um, to me, the real difference in Dame in Milwaukee from from what I've watched, and I have you've you've watched all 45 games like really closely, and I've I've watched 16 or something like that, you know? Um so, so I saw yeah, it's like it's certainly more than than most other teams. Uh, but like He's just had more stinkers. He's had more stinkers. It isn't that his height he doesn't get to the heights. It's just he gets his lows are more frequent. He's had more games where it's like, wow, Dame kind of sucked tonight. And it's like, well, he wasn't very good. Like, oh, and they and it's like you you mentioned like they're they're number two in offense. The defense has been a problem, and I want to ask you about that. But like, they're leaving a little bit on the board. My perception of the Bucks is that they're underachieving, and then you look at the standings, and they're second in the East. Like they might win the freaking Eastern Conference. You know, it's like they're. they're a lot of teams would love to underachieve at this level. So um, it's, it is, it's interesting with me. I feel like it's mostly, I I feel like it's mostly the difference in Dame this year is like a a little bit less on ball action. He has the time of possession is down and the, and the, and the usage rate is down, but he he just, it's mostly just more stinkers, more bad nights. Um, Do you think, do you think he struggled as a, without being like, the guy, capital T, capital G. Do you think that's been an adjustment for him? I think that absolutely has been an adjustment. I think anybody who says it's not is not being completely honest. Like whenever you are combining superstars on the same team, there is going to be some give and take and there's going to be an adjustment period. And you mentioned the fact that the Bucks have been able to be second in the East, but that still got their head coach fired. Right. right. It wasn't the result <laughs> they're looking at alone and saying like, hey, this isn't good enough. We expect you to be first in the East. And that's why we're firing Adrian Griffin. It was more so, hey, we're looking at how you're getting to some of these wins and the process isn't necessarily leading to the results. 
Like this team is finding ways to win regardless of the process. And we need to change the process because guys are still confused about assignments. They're still confused about scheme. They don't understand where they're at. You see guys with their hands up looking at each yeah. other. Brooklyn's throwing fits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like a change had to be made. And it just shows again how the Milwaukee Bucks are really pushing all their chips in and saying like, we don't have any time to waste. It's a sense of urgency here. And that's why they pulled the trigger to get Dame in the first place, because you have the opportunity to pair one of the greatest, you know, NBA players of all time with another one of the NBA's greatest players of all time. And you have to try to make that happen. And of course you take a hit defensively. We can definitely talk a little bit more about that. Swapping out Drew Holiday for Damian Lillard, of course, changes how some things look on the defensive end, uh, but it gives you such a higher floor offensively. And that's been the thing with the Dame experience where you're watching some of the games and you're like, man, like some of these are good looks, but they're not falling. Or you're like, hey, it feels like Dame is pressing a little bit right now. Like you went up for this shot here, but maybe the ball should have moved a little bit more before the shot attempt was taken. Um, So there is still some learning and adding in the fact there's another head coach in place now. So now you're learning again on the fly. Luckily, the Bucs are a veteran team. So some of those transitions from Griff to Prunty to now Doc um, shouldn't be as difficult because it's a veteran group. They're smart. They can call some things on their own and they can have that communication level where there's not the need for as much teaching. But you also don't want to overdo it and give these guys too much to think about changing systems. And now they're thinking instead of playing and naturally like letting the game flow a bit. So uh, I think there is definitely still room for Dame to improve. Like we mentioned, something needs to be changed. And I think that's part of the, the coaching change. Like we need to unlock Dame a little bit better here in Milwaukee as well. Yeah, I, I think some of it is like, at least uh, it's, it feels like there's times when it's like, okay, we got Dame to win when the game's on the line. Dame, final three minutes. Do your thing, dog. Do your thing. And, and they've been great in clutch situations and he has had some some big moments. He was tapping his wrists, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, 10 days ago, maybe like he's, he's had those moments, but it's, it, the balance is not like, okay, final three minutes it's Damian Lillard it's time to spam Damian Lillard pick and rolls like the the most clutch thing you can do you can do is avoid clutch situations that's that is the key is to, and, and the Bucks the the best version of the Bucks smokes teams they run teams off the floor they do not play close games they do not have those weird like okay how do you unlock Giannis in the half court the best version of the Bucks never asks that question until May and I think that's why you change coaches um May and and June are a whole different thing, and we'll talk about that. But like, let's let's discuss what what can what can Doc Rivers do? What's the era of this new era of Bucks going to be? And and uh, if if you have some Blazers questions in the post Dame era, I'd love to answer those too. That's what we'll do to close the show. Join us in that third segment, won't you? Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. As we head into February, you probably had to ask yourself this question if you're if you're an owner of a small business. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on who you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So, so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats. 
So if you own a small business and you feel like, oh, it's just so hard to hire. Well, why not check out LinkedIn? Because they know that you might not have the time and resources. So they make the process intuitive. They make the process easy and they make it quick. So check it out. Post your job for free at linkedinjob.com slash LockedInMBA. That's linkedinjobs.com. Excuse me, linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. One more time for you. Let me get that URL right. linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Still, still pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still chatting here with Camille Davis of Locked on Bucks. You're one game in, Camille. You're one game in. You've got 48 minutes of, of the Doc era, so you've got a lot of a lot to a lot to discuss, a lot to unpack. What are your perceptions of not even just like using the Denver game, which which they lost, um, uh, but like what are your perceptions of what Doc's going to mean to this team? I think what Doc means first and foremost, it's a voice that the locker room is going to respect. Uh, Doc comes in and he commands a lot of respect. He has experience of working with stars as well. Now, GM John Horace for the Bucks, he did push back on the notion that Adrian Griffin lost the locker room, as some reports have been coming out and saying he pushed back, saying that is not true. He did not lose the locker room. Anything he never that had it. In the- Right. Anything that happened in the Bucks locker room is stuff that you would see in any other NBA locker room. It happens. Guys were frustrated, but he did sure. not lose the locker room. And that was something that he emphasized. But when you bring in Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers is somebody who, like I mentioned, has a voice. He has that 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 aura about him because he's won a championship. He's coached high profile teams. And there's nothing new that you can throw at Doc at this point. This is his 25th season coaching now with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He's been able to deal with it all. And he's a voice that can go to Dame or go to Giannis or go to Chris, go to Brooke and say, hey, I need you to stop doing this and do this instead or whatever the correction might be or the suggestion. He can make that. And that voice is going to carry a lot of weight. Um, In addition to that, I made a joke and I said, if you would have told me back in May that the coach that's going to be leading the Bucks into the playoffs is going to be Doc Rivers, I would have been upset and said, we have Doc Rivers at home with Mike Budenholzer. What <laughs> are we doing? But when you see what Adrian Griffin did and try to establish and you see that uh, sometimes we can take for granted coaches that establish a floor and a culture and it's like, hey, this is the scheme. This is what we're going to do. And it's very simple. Like, Players understanding their role and what they're trying to do um, is something that we don't tend to think about as much. I don't think as people watching outside, like, hey, you assume that that's already happening. And then we see with Adrian Griffin, there were still questions halfway through the season about what we're doing. What is our identity? And Doc has said, we need to find that. And that's somebody who I trust to do that with this team. Now, I know all the three and three, one leads that have been blown, so on and so forth, the playoff questions, but at the very least, Doc is going to come in and establish a floor for this team to play in. He's going to simplify things he mentioned while adding in some of his own things. Um, and he's mentioned, again, two-man game between Damon right. and Giannis. He wants to unlock. And that doesn't even mean just straight pick and rolls. It can be dribble handoffs, just more actions between those two guys. And also three-man actions, including Dame, Giannis, and Chris, and just trying to find more ways to get them involved. Like that's going to be a big focal point of this offense is going to be running it through Dame and Giannis. Um, and they've been using shoot-arounds to do that. And one thing I'm happy about with the schedule, the Bucks are on a five-game road trip here. Portland's the second stop. 
But after this Wednesday game in Portland, the Bucs don't play again until Saturday. So they will have a few games here to really nail down some of the things that Doc wants to do, try to catch up on terminology and just get time to work and learn with each other. So uh, I think with Doc, as I mentioned, like we understand with the Bucs have a sense of urgency. They want championships. And I think Doc gives them a better opportunity to do that than what Adrian Griffin was able to do. And that's no knock on Griff. Being a first-time head coach, walking into a job with that type of expectation is very difficult. Very, very difficult. And part of why I was nervous for Darvin Ham going to L.A. initially, where I'm like, hey, that's a tough job to right. walk into for a first-time head coach. So I think that's what Doc brings. And I would love to hear from you with the Blazers because you, you trade away Dane a franchise cornerstone, as you argue, arguably the greatest blazer in history, arguably. Right. Yeah. How has this team, like what stage of the NBA life cycle are the blazers in right now? And how have things been going without Damon moving into a new era of what blazers basketball is going to look like? You know, life cycle is a great, a great term for it. I love that. They're germinating. Like they're just, this is the early sprouts of it. And you don't know if this is going to be a, big healthy plant or if it's going to need a little bit of miracle grow um I, I think the blazers could use a little miracle grow in the form of nailing the next two drafts but um they're you know they're they're kind of still struggling for what their identity is is um you know deandre Ayton took ten thousand years to get right but he's looked over the last four games he's looked really good um he hadn't scored more than 16 points in back-to-back -back games all season until the last wow. four games when he scored 18, at least 18 in four straight games. Dude used to average 18 and 10. Like, it's just like, it's just, and, and, and it just took him forever to figure it out. Their spacing is really bad, but also I think they didn't have a great idea for how to use DA and then he got hurt and then blah, blah, blah. Scoot Henderson's been bad. He's a 19-year-old who looks like a 19-year-old. Um, and so if this was supposed to be, okay, they're drafting a young player that's like, has some professional experience and he's going to like take over the mantle from Damian Lord, which is always kind of insane, but, um, but it's, and unfair, quite frankly, but like it, that hasn't come to fruition. He's there. They are now keeping him off the bench and keeping him, avoiding the, his pairing with Amphrey Simons at all costs. Cause they don't think those two dudes work together and they don't. Um, so like, they don't have that clear identity. Uh, I think Amphrey Simons has been pretty good on offense, but he, to my eyes, has not stepped into that role where you're like, yeah, this dude could lead a really good offense in the league. He's been good, and if he had better teammates, I think he would be better, but um, he's he's shown some of his warts uh, this season as well as he's tried to figure it out. So they are in the like the nascent stages of a rebuild. Like they're, they're probably two more seasons away from being a competitive basketball team. And that's, you know, we're recording this a week before the trade deadline. That is like assuming that they make some moves here. So it has been a, I would say be very believable. Like you trade Damian Lillard and you get back what you get back. I knew this team was going to be bad. I, I, you know, at the beginning of the year on this very network, I did like the, the Blazers had to be in the bottom five. Here are the five worst teams in the league season preview. And that's where they belong, baby. That's where they should have been. And that's and they're going to end up with like the sixth worst record in the league. Like, I don't think the record is surprising or troubling or any of those things. It's just like the here's what we here's what this team's going to look like next hasn't been defined yet. Um, and, and some of it, I, I think. The. What makes, as as you mentioned with Doc Rivers, like the floor setting and the culture setting, some of it is just like the soft stuff, the soft magic of coaching uh, is, you know, 
I, I not, I'm not sure that they have that sort of defined ethos and defined plan. And what, and what I think Doc does well is maybe the like, just the just the soft stuff the the ego massaging and the identity forming and the like those things i'm not sure the blazers have that uh with 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 chauncey billups who's who's coached um a bunch of bad teams and and hasn't really gotten the most out of them yet um you get bad you get bad players you end up with a bad record so uh that's that some of that is is not necessarily the record is not necessarily chauncey's fault but i i I wonder I wonder how many players are currently on the team for the Blazers are part of the team when they get good, you know? And I think the maybe the Bucks went through this early, like in the early Giannis Antetokounmpo years. It was like, Giannis will be part of what's next. Are any of these other dudes going to be here, right? Jabari Parker, Jared Dudley, uh, like the, the whole crew, Brandon Knight, the whole crew. It's like, how many of these dudes are going to be here when they get good? Um When, you know, you, you've been around the Bucks for, for a long time. Like, what was that process like to go from like, okay, we've got this good young player. What can we be like? And they went through some coaches to get there from your eyes. What is that path like for a rebuilding team? It's not linear. It's not straight. It's a lot of ups and downs and where you're thinking someone's going to be the guy. Things can flip very quickly because I remember the Jabari Parker draft and how excited Milwaukee was to get him and thinking like, wow, we finally got our Batman and Giannis can be the Robin to Jabari Parker's Batman, which now sounds like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, But that is how it was at that time. Like people have to remember that when Giannis was drafted, he was everybody's like, who is this guy? People didn't even expect for him to get any minutes with the Bucks. They thought he was going to be stashed overseas. They weren't sure what to make of him. He didn't start right away. Uh, right. It was a team that they thought were going to be good with a lot of vets, but injuries forced a lot of Giannis into action. I mean, that season became lost. It was just kind of like, let these young guys play. And even back then, like at that point in their careers, Giannis and Chris were fighting over the same minutes. Like they were both slotted in as like a wing at that time period. So the two of them were battling over minutes. And now they're they formed a duo, you know, years like with Giannis growing a little bit more, getting a little bit more bulk on them, uh, a a great, you know, forward pairing. Uh, So I would say it's 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 a lot of ups and downs where you think you might know where you're going and then things continue to unfold and you're like, oh, well, actually, this guy is the guy. And ironically enough, it was a game against the Trailblazers uh, where Giannis dropped, I believe it was 44 at that time, a career high for him. Uh, And I was like, wow, I was like, we actually have a guy in Giannis. And it took a few years for me to really say, like, he's got it. You saw the gradual improvement. Um, But then once he came out in that season, I think it was the Mohawk season of the Giannis uh, look, it was just like, this guy is, is special. And a lot of trades happened. Like we thought that maybe Brandon Knight would be the point guard of this team, but then we made the uh, Michael Carter Williams trade for him. And then that didn't work out and you have to keep reconfiguring. Um, So I would say that just, it sounds weird to say, enjoy it uh, because it's a lot of losing going on, but those years, the 15 win season with the Bucks here with Giannis and young Chris, uh, it made the championship that much sweeter because you remember all of the games that it took to get there. You remember the vets along the way. You remember, like, as you mentioned, Jared Dudley, Zaza Pachulia. You remember uh, Jared Bayless and all these guys who kind of came before and helped grow the young core that ended up being the Milwaukee Bucks. And there were a lot of heartbreaking losses before that, too, before the Bucks were able to get over that hump to the Raptors, to the, the Celtics. And it happens. But just try to enjoy the ride for what it is because – 
when the payoff comes and it will come, I say to the Bucks fan who just saw their first championship of a lifetime, <laughs> when it comes, it's special. Yeah, that's uh, the nonlinear thing is a great reminder because I, I think the biggest lesson looking at other teams that build is like, it's a, sometimes you got to bail on the, on, on what the yep. plan is like, Hey, this, this was supposed to be it. It's not time to bail and keep going because, um, because, because of the bumps you mentioned. Uh, I, I think we did it, Camille. I think we did it. I think we did a good show. I think, I, I think we can get out of here, but here's what you're going to do. Dear listener come back tomorrow because Dame plays in Portland and on Locked on Bucks and Locked on Blazers will have you covered with a full recap of that one. Game two of the Doc Rivers era? Game 46 or something of the Scoot Anderson era? It's a whole bunch of fun. Camille, thanks so much for doing this. This was this was a blast. This was super enjoyable. Can't wait to the next time. Indeed. Uh, come back and listen. Tell your friends. Like, subscribe, all of those things. Find us on all platforms, free wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. We appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>